Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name for you have worked wonders plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Father God, we're going to exalt your name today. We're going to give thanks to your name today, Lord, because Lord, all of these plans have been worked out by you with perfect faithfulness. You have not been caught off guard. You are still the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Host of Hosts, the Great, the Mighty, and the Awesome God. And we give praises to you this day, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. We invite you into this service today. We invite you into our worship today. We invite you into the word that's going to be brought forth today. Lord, you are invited into our service. And we give thanks to you today that we are able to join you in your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you praise the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Wherever you are, clap your hands, lift up your hands, open up your mouth. Thank you, Lord. Tell him thank you. Have you made it through another week? You ought to tell him thank you. If he's provided for you, you ought to tell him thank you. If he's protected you, you ought to tell him thank you. If you live to see another day, you ought to tell him thank you. If you're breathing right now, you ought to tell him thank you. Hallelujah. We give our God praise, honor, and glory. Psalms chapter 3 says, verse 1 says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Verse 3 says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head, my head high. Verse 5 says, I lie down and sleep. I awake again because the Lord sustains me. Anybody grateful that he's a shield for you and that he sustains you? We know the types of times that we're in right now. And so it's great to be able to say that the Lord sustains us. And he is a shield for us and our glory and the lifter of our head. Wherever you are, come on, clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, has he been a fence around you? Has he, has he given his angels charge over you? Come on, wherever you are, come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, let's say it together. Say, Jesus, Jesus, be all around me every day. I'm asking you to protect me. Jesus, I want you to protect me as I travel on. Come on, yeah, I know you can. Yes, Lord. I know you will. Yes, Lord. Fight my battle if I keep still. Say, Can we say that one more time? Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. I'm asking you to protect me. I want you to protect me as I travel all the way. Yeah, I know you can. Yes, Lord. I know you will. Yes, Lord. Fight my battle if I keep still. Yes, 
offense all around me every day. Come on, we're going to sing this together. This is my prayer, Lord, yeah. that I pray each and every day that you would guide my footsteps all along the way. Lord, I need you to direct me all along the way. Oh, Lord, be a fence all around me every day. Come on, let's say it together and say, Jesus, Jesus be a fence all around me every day. I'm asking you to pray. To protect me as I travel all the way. Yeah, I know you can. Yes, Lord. I know you will. Yes, Lord. Fight my battle. Yes, Lord. If I keep still, yes, Lord. say, Lord, be a pistol around me every day. One more time with the verse. Yeah. Come on now. This is my prayer, Lord, yeah. that I pray each and every day. That you would guide my footsteps all along the way. Oh, Lord, I need you to direct me all along the way. Oh, Lord, be a fence all around me every day. One more time, let's sing it together. Say, Jesus, Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. As we travel along, I travel the way. Yeah, I know you can. Yes, Lord. I know you will. Yes, Lord. Fight my battle. If I keep still, say, Now come on, we're gonna sing this together. Say, Jesus, be a fence. Jesus, be a fence. Be a fence right now. Jesus, be a fence. We need you to protect Jesus. Jesus be a fence. Jesus be a Come on, one more time. Say, Jesus be a fence. Jesus be a fence. Shield us all around, Jesus. Jesus be a fence. Jesus be a fence. Jesus be a fence. Come on, cause I need protection. 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 Along the way. Protection. Protection. Do you need? Protection. Gotta have protection. 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 Say be a fence. Jesus, be a fence. We need you right now. Jesus, be a fence. 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 Protection. 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 Along the way. Salvation. Salvation. Protection. Protection. Protect, 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 protect,
protection, protection. Shielding us, we say. Jesus, thank you for protecting us, God. Jesus, be a bitch. Jesus, be a bitch. Jesus, be a bitch. Jesus, be a bitch. Now, if you're glad about it, come on and give him praise. Come on, if he's protected you, hallelujah. If he's covered you, hallelujah. Oh, you ought to be grateful. kept you this far and I know some of you have dealt with COVID but God has allowed you to be alive today and that's because he shielded you that's because he protected you what does the Bible say that he heals us because by his stripes we're already healed by his blood we're already protected Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands and tell them I love you. Hallelujah. We love you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, you ought to open up your mouth and at, at home. Lift up your hands and tell them how much you love him, how much you adore him. Come on, open up your mouth. Praise team, open up your mouth and just tell them thank you. Bless your name, Jesus. Come on, praise him. We thank you, God, for your protection. You don't have to do it, but we're so grateful that you did. We love you, God. Thank you, God. I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne, for you are God and God alone. Because of you, my cloudy days are gone. I can sing to you this song. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. Can I say that one more time? Yeah. I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne for you Because of you, my cloudy days 
just want to say that I love you more than anything. I lift, I lift my hands in total adoration to you. You reign on the throne for you are God.
Thank you for your daily bread. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we say it one more time? is my own 
us please more love oh Christ to thee more love to thee you are right now would you just lift your hands to him and tell him yes tell him yes we want to love him with our lives tell him yes hallelujah to your name more love to thee O Christ yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord in every area yes to your will yes to your way father hallelujah more love to you. Thank you, Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We give our God praise because he has allowed us to be together again, even if only virtually. We praise God for bringing us back to this place. I pray that it won't be much longer before we're able to come together in person. But in the meantime, we're grateful to God for the technology that allows us to be together virtually and for the people behind the technology that make it happen. We're going to go to Acts chapter 16, but let me just make a few observations first. Would you keep Miss uh, Mary Person, Miss Virginia Person, would you keep her in your prayers and her family? Her son, Jeffrey Person, passed this week. His funeral is going to be on Friday at 12 noon at the Harvest Grove Missionary Baptist Church on Highview Hills. Please keep Mrs. Person in your prayers. I also got word last night that uh, our beloved Miss Katura Hartley passed. Uh, we don't have information on her on her funeral services yet but if you would please uh, keep the Hartley family in your prayers as well uh, if you heard on my message this week on the telephone Mrs. Rosalind McGuire passed down in Charlotte North Carolina uh, certainly we would that you would keep Brother Sammy McGuire and Miss Tiffany and Miss Marquita in your prayers we did get a card of thanks from the family of Michael Rainey, Miss Tiffany Cooper, and her family. They thank us for the cards, the kindness, the prayers uh, during her father's passing. We are going to Acts chapter 16 today. Acts chapter 16. Close to where we were when we were together two weeks ago. I appreciate Minister Chris and the young people for leading us in worship last week. We are going back to Acts chapter 16, and I am reading from the King James Version of the Holy Bible, starting at verse 16, and here's what it says. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, 
which brought her masters much gain by, sooth, by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Verses 16 through 20. These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. When we were last in the book of Acts, we left off in chapter 16, where we saw Paul and Silas in prison. You remember about midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God, and he opened up the jail, all part of his plan to get the jailer and his family saved that night. I told you that there was something that we needed to come back to in this passage of Scripture. Uh, Minister Vita, I said I didn't need it, but I do need a bottle of water if you can find it. Thank you. I told you that there was something that we needed to come back to in this passage of Scripture. There is so much in this 16th chapter of the book of Acts. So many nuggets, so many truths. But as we are continuing our look at the early church, as we continue to rediscover the church that Jesus built, as we continue our study of the book of Acts to find the original pattern by which the modern day church should be cut, we find a truth that we need to investigate just a little further. When I read this story, indeed, I am arrested by verse 20, where the masters who have been using this young slave girl for their own profit, these masters who have been prostituting her demonic possession, these masters brought Paul and Silas to the magistrates in the marketplace and make the following accusation. These men, being Jews, do greatly trouble our city. And when we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, I asked the question, when was the last time that we, the church of the living God, were accused of troubling the city? When was the last time that the church got in trouble for messing up some societal norms? Or has the church abandoned its role of righteous indignation in regards to societal matters of unrighteousness? Could the church of 2021 be guilty of causing trouble in the city? Trouble for those who would take advantage of the less fortunate? Trouble for any who would dare to profit from demonic influences in certain communities? Have we caused any trouble lately for those who would seek to continue a legacy of social injustice or racial bigotry or economic oppression or political disenfranchisement of, or cultural intolerance? When was the last time the church was accused 
of troubling the city. I am afraid that we have become a part of the systems of oppression. Brothers and sisters, I am worried that we are too comfortable now that we have been offered token seats at the table. I am concerned that our silence has been bought, that our complicity has been secured by government grants and funding, that our social conscience has been dulled by our perceived need to make friends in high places. But I've come today to remind us that sometimes, as the church of the living God, we are called to be troublemakers. And that's what I'm going to preach on for just a little bit today. I want to preach from the subject, troublemakers. Now, there are two statements that I want to make as we begin to look into this. Let me start out by saying that historically, particularly in the church in the United States of America, there has been this man-made dichotomy, this mutually exclusive division that says as the church, we must be concerned either with spiritual things or with social and cultural things. We are either concerned about a person's soul salvation or about his or her just treatment. That argument is in fact woven into our very history as black Baptists in this country. Let me give you a little history here. This conflict was a large part of how the Progressive National Baptist Convention was formed in November of 1961 right down the road in Cincinnati, Ohio, a group of black Baptist pastors who had been members of the National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated. That's the, the national body to which we belong. These pastors met because the leadership of the National Baptist Convention, Dr. J.H. Jackson, he was of the mindset that we ought to preach salvation and leave social issues alone in 1961. But there were some young preachers, Dr. Martin Luther King among them, Dr. Gardner C. Taylor among them, our friend in Cleveland, Dr. Otis Moss, he was among them, who believed that our mission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ did not expect did not exclude but instead included our assignment to tackle social issues as well and the disagreement with Dr. Jackson who had been serving as the president of the National Baptist Convention for quite some time this disagreement was so sharp that right here in Cincinnati Ohio these 33 pastors agreed to separate and form a whole new convention. So this argument, this debate is not a new one, but if you will allow me to use the word of God today, I want to show you that the issue is not an either or. It is not either salvation or social justice. It is not soul issues or social issues. Because if we look at the text I believe that we will see that the trouble that these men of God were causing, the trouble being stirred up by the church had soul effects and social effects. 
when we really get after what we've been anointed to do, please hear me, to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and the year of release to the oppressed, when we present the Jesus of the Bible, it will have some social, cultural, and even economic impact. Now, I said there are two statements that I need to make on our way into this study. The first was that we don't have to choose between salvation and social stuff. They are intricately and divinely connected. But the second statement I need to make here is from an observation in the text. And it is at the beginning of verse 16 and it underlies the whole experience. It is these five little words that undergird everything that is about to be reported to us in this incident. As a matter of fact, these five words undergird the lives of these believers. And here's what it says. You ready for these five words? Here it is. As we went to prayer. Saints of God, the most important conversation that we can have as children of the Most High God, as the church of the living God, is our conversation with our Father Almighty God. I'm afraid that this is part of where we've gotten off track because we have become so busy trying to get conversations with everybody else. We want conversations with the governor. We want conversations with the mayor. We're proud when, we, when we're able to say we just spoke to the commissioners or to somebody in the governor's office. I want, I want to speak with con, con, congresswoman or councilperson so-and-so. But church, the most important conversation we can ever have is with our God. Let me tell you this. We will never experience the fullness of his power without taking some time to engage in conversation with him. It is in prayer that we get our marching orders. It is in prayer that we get our will aligned up with his will. It is in prayer that we find strength and peace and power. You know what the Bible says about prayer. Pray without ceasing. You know what the Bible says about prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You already know what the Bible says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, I'll hear their land. You know what the Bible says about prayer. Call on me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you didn't know. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. That's why Jesus taught his disciples, you call on the Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, the glory. You know what it says. Church, whatever we do must be bathed in prayer. It's got to be saturated in prayer, preceded by prayer, undergirded by prayer, birthed in prayer, planned with prayer, executed in prayer. I don't know, maybe we've gotten too comfortable. Maybe we haven't been desperate enough to pray. Prayer was all our forefathers had. And so every time they felt the spirit moving in their heart, they prayed. 
but we have a little more and so maybe we're not desperate enough yet maybe just maybe that's why God has allowed some things that we've seen recently because some of us didn't start praying until Donald Trump got elected some of us didn't think to pray until we realized that being a black man in America still puts us on the endangered species list some of us didn't realize that we needed to pray until in one evening a tornado swept through and ripped apart our properties and possessions. Some of us forgot to pray until this little virus that we can't see, can't smell, can't taste came across the waters in a worldwide pandemic that has taken more than two and a half million people from our midst. Because when times get rough enough, when things get hard enough, it will press us to pray. We'll call his name without any shame. One of the saints, her name was Rachel Wilson. Some of y'all remember her. She used to say it like this. I found the answer. I learned to pray. With faith to guide me, I found the way. The sun is shining for me each day. I found the answer. I learned to pray. Now, 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 with that understanding, let's jump into exactly what Paul and Silas uh, were, were getting into trouble about. Let's see what made them troublemakers. First of all, these two spokesmen, these two representatives of the early church were troublemakers because, number one, they challenged the demonic. The Bible says that as they went into prayer, a certain damsel who was possessed by a spirit of divination met them. A certain damsel, the word in the original text, literally means a young female slave. And this young girl, uh, the young slave was possessed by an evil spirit. This spirit had overtaken her. This spirit had a hold of her. This demonic spirit had joined itself to her body and was controlling her moves, her speech, her actions, her thoughts. And the Bible is pretty specific here. Uh, there, this isn't some unnamed, uh, unidentified spirit. It is a spirit of divination. In the original text, the word is puthon, uh, the word from which we get the word python. It is a python spirit which has ensnared and now possesses this young slave girl, a spirit which no doubt had ambushed her because that's what pythons do. They ambush and wrapping it itself around its victim, crushes it, winding itself tighter with every breath of the victim, eventually suffocating the prey, swallowing it whole as it helplessly attempts in vain to catch its breath. I bet this girl never saw it coming. The spirit which had swallowed her whole, as it were, getting tighter with each breath, squeezing the very life out of her, now in complete control of her. And what the Bible describes about this young lady may seem a bit puzzling because it says that even possessed by an evil spirit, she followed Paul and his crew and she cried out, these men are servants of the Most High God. They're trying to tell you how to get saved. Now what I don't understand is if she is possessed by an evil spirit, why is she telling the truth about these men? 
I mean, they are servants of the Most High God. They are trying to show people how to be saved, but we wouldn't expect someone who is demon-possessed to be going around with them announcing it. Let me just point out that it is not irregular for the demonic to recognize who's who in the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus comes to the region of the Gadareans, two violent demon-possessed men come running to him out of the cemetery and cry out, What do you want with us, Son of God? Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? Over in Mark chapter 3, the Bible says, Whenever impure, impure spirits saw Jesus, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. In a few chapters, Acts chapter 19, I think it is, in just a few chapters, we'll see where an evil spirit says, we know Jesus and we know Paul. All I'm trying to say is that we shouldn't be surprised that the evil spirit in this girl recognizes the Holy Spirit in Paul and Silas and Luke. And so she is their cheerleading section. She is their hype woman. For many days... She kept it up, following behind them. When they look up, she's there. She is their PR. But I want you to notice how these men of God handle it. Y'all forgive me, but I just believe that if it were 2021, this ain't how we would handle it. I don't believe we'd handle it the same if it were happening today. If it were happening today, we'd be honored talking about even the local psychic is promoting our ministry. We would be glad that she was bringing attention to our church. We operate off the mantra that there is no such thing as bad publicity. We'd be all geeked about any endorsement, but that's not how Paul handles it. Paul recognized that he didn't need demonic approval. Y'all hear me? He didn't need demonic approval of his work. He didn't need a satanic PR person to hype him up. They didn't need help. They didn't need the help of an evil spirit to get the word out. And so Paul was not grateful for the demonic. He didn't get in partnership with the demonic. He didn't build relationship with the demonic. He challenged the demonic. God help us and saints of the most high if we are going to be the church that Jesus built we are going to have to discern when they're singing our praises when they're publicizing our ministries we're going to have to discern whether it's the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit because the only thing that we are called to do with an evil spirit is cast it out the Bible says, in my name, they'll cast out demons, not partner with them. I know, I know, I'm, I'm going to get some hate emails. I don't care. They'll cast out demons, not use them. You must understand we don't need every endorsement. We don't need demonic approval of our assignment. All publicity is not good publicity. Sometimes we're called to be troublemakers. I know, I, I know this is not popular, but when, 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 when will we start challenging the demonic, that which exalts itself against the knowledge of God? 
You see, the church of today is willing to hide the name of Jesus to get the demonic relationship. The church of today is willing to hide the name of Jesus to get the money. We'll hide the name of Jesus to build the audience. We'll hide his name so we don't offend. But Paul didn't hide his name. Paul used his name to challenge the demonic because Paul realized that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul realized there is more power in his name than there is in the approval of men. Paul realized that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm almost done. I'm not going to bother you too long. And so after many days of this girl crying out, the Bible says Paul was grieved. Stop right there. Maybe that's part of the problem. Just perhaps we are so wrapped up in our own stuff that we are not grieved by the girl who's being pimped out for her gift. Maybe we're not yet grieved by a society who thinks so little of a population that they will sell them out to demonic activity just for economic gain. But it ought to grieve us that our black children enter kindergarten already academically and socially behind their white counterparts. It ought to grieve us that on top of the pressures of life just as being a young person, our young people have the added pressure of trying not to look threatening so they don't get shot in a routine traffic stop. It ought to grieve us that children are separated from their families at the borders. It ought to grieve us that this country's education system is still separate and unequal. It ought to grieve us that we're good enough to pad their basketball teams, but not worth enough for our lives to matter. It ought to grieve us that our teachers are expected to babysit our kids, to shape our kids' character, to mold our kids, to protect our kids, to fix our kids, to entertain our kids, and to educate our kids, and yet have to fight every year for a decent wage because when it finally grieves us, then we'll begin to speak to the spirits behind that foolishness. We'll tell the spirit of Python at work in our community, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. When we're grieved enough, we'll speak to the spirit behind poverty and lack. When we are grieved enough, we will speak to the spirit behind racism and bigotry. When we're grieved enough, we will speak to the spirit behind sexism and misogyny. We won't get in bed with it, we'll call it out. We won't endorse it, we'll call it out. And we won't look for it to endorse us, we'll call it out. We will challenge the demonic. But let me keep moving. First of all, these troublemakers challenge the demonic, but there is something else that happens here as a result. Not only do they challenge the demonic, but number two, they change the economic. Oh God, I know I'm in deep water. 
But you got to realize that in this passage of scripture, the main reasons why the masters were upset was because after this young girl got delivered, they saw that they weren't going to get the profit from her bondage because their capital gains depended on her spiritual oppression. God have mercy. They made money off of her demonic possession. They gained financially from her being spiritually bound. And in setting her free from that spirit by the power of Jesus Christ, these troublemakers upset the economic structure. God, I know you don't believe it. I know you don't believe me when I say it, but when you touch the money, that's where the impact is. Uh, I don't mean any harm. I don't mean any harm. But while we were out protesting when Premier decided to leave, how many of us switched doctors from the Premier Network to mess with the money? Uh, I know you don't believe there's a connection. I know it. I know it. Just follow me for a hot second, though. Uh, as long as Dr. King talked only about race, they left him alone. They didn't touch him until he started messing with the money. It was as the poor people's campaign was getting kicked off that he had to be silenced. And I want to offer, church, that if we would begin to confront the satanic, to challenge the demonic, we would change the economics. What would happen if those who are chemically dependent, who are oppressed or possessed by addiction, were no longer bound by that spirit? What would happen if those who are weighed down with the spirits of rejection, bent over under the spirits of infirmity, with depression and with anxiety and low self-worth were freed from those binding spirits. There, I suggest that if the burden were lifted, we wouldn't need people to come into our communities to try to fix us. There, I suggest that if the yoke were destroyed, we could build our own hospitals and have our own doctors and not be left with a big ugly empty lot on the corner of Salem and Philadelphia when the big company decides to pull up stakes for wider pastures. Dare I suggest that if the bondage were broken, we could start our own schools, have our own restaurants, run our own businesses, start our own banks to hold on to our own money. Dare I suggest that if the demonic were taken care of, we wouldn't always be working to make somebody else rich. Have you ever wondered? I'm, I'm about to be done. Have you ever wondered why there seems to be so much demonic activity in impoverished areas? May I suggest that there's always somebody who stands to gain economically by keep, keeping certain people groups bound. But church, we have a responsibility. Go everywhere and preach the gospel. We have a responsibility. Set the captives free. And I want to tell you that setting the captives free, that's going to shake some things up 
because when people get free, they won't be stroking us. They will call us troublemakers. But can I tell you something? And I'm getting ready to close right here. This world needs some troublemakers. This world needs some troublemakers who are not looking for the media spotlight. This world needs some troublemakers that are not impressed with political promises. This world needs some troublemakers that will speak truth to power no matter what the consequences. This world needs some troublemakers that will still say right is right and wrong is wrong. This world needs some troublemakers whose silence cannot be bought. This world needs some troublemakers who say even if your government agency shuts off our funding, we're still going to serve, we're still going to tell the truth, we won't hide Jesus, we won't turn our shirts inside out, we won't stop saying his name, we're still going to cry in the wilderness, still gonna say like John I baptize you with water but there is somebody who's coming after me who's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire this world needs a church full of troublemakers who are not afraid to say here comes the righteous judge this world needs a church of troublemakers who are not afraid to say, here comes the judge who will separate the wheat from the chaff, the good from the bad, the useful from the useless, the genuine from the fake, the champion from the cheater, the legitimate from the lie, the real from the counterfeit, can I get a church of troublemakers who don't mind saying, don't look at us, but behold the Lamb who taketh away the sins of the whole world. Look at the Lamb who lived a sinless life, who died a sinner's death, but early on the third day morning, he got up with all power in his hands and is seated at the right hand of God we need some troublemakers who will speak to Washington we need some troublemakers who will speak to the state house to say be you warned he's coming back to judge the quick and the dead and every valley shall be exalted and every mountain will be made low the crooked places will be made straight and the rough places will be made smooth because the time is coming when every every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father we need a church of troublemakers who will testify mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord he is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored he has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword his truth is marching on in the beauty of the lilies Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy let us die to make men free while God is marching glory 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 hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah glory hallelujah his truth is marching on now's not the time to sit down and shut up now is the time to stand up and speak up for what's right this world needs we need some troublemakers we need some troublemakers I'm grateful for politicians but I'm sorry I'm called to be a troublemaker my daddy used to say God doesn't ride a, a donkey or an elephant church we got to get over this thing where we're impressed by evil spirits recognizing who we are we got to get past that y'all we get so caught up we want to be recognized by the world we want to be recognized by stuff that we know is demonic and Paul didn't use it he didn't he didn't get in bed with it. He didn't get in partnership with it. He turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, come out now. Where are the troublemakers who won't let God have mercy? When are we going to stop closing our mouths for a few grant dollars? It's not worth it and we're killing our people. I don't know about you, but if that's what it takes, because I tell you, being troublemakers landed Paul and Silas in prison. <laughs> but don't worry, because we started with the end of the story. God got them out of there. <laughs> being a troublemaker won't always be comfortable. God is always faithful. And I heard G.E. Patterson say, your faith won't get you into anything that your faith won't get you out of. 
We need some troublemakers. Come on, Miss DeVita. to get into trouble for a lot of things. But are you ready to be a troublemaker for Jesus? In order to be a troublemaker for Jesus, the very first step is that you got to come into relationship with him. If you are visiting with us today, thank you so much. But if you don't know this Jesus that pastor was talking about, today's your day. You didn't happen by our service. God had an appointment for you to join us today. And if you feel that tug in your spirit, if you feel like you need more, you want more, you want more of what he was talking about, more of the fire that you saw, more of that desire, you can have it. The scripture is very clear, you know. He says that Paul and Silas was going around talking the way of salvation. So what's the way of salvation? Right there where you are. Where you are. If you've never made a confession of faith or if you've been in church all your life, and you know you haven't invited Jesus in your heart, today is your day. First of all, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, the scripture says you shall be saved. You just need to turn to him and say, God, I'm done doing things my way. I am ready now to be a troublemaker for you. But maybe you happened by air today and you already know the Lord Jesus, but you're looking for a church home. You're welcomed here as well. So if you've made a confession of faith today, if you want to be a troublemaker for Jesus today, shout it out in the comments. Type that thing. Post it on Facebook. I am a troublemaker. Watch out. If you made the confession of faith today, please send us a message and somebody will be getting back with you. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Jesus went to Calvary 
to save a wretch like you and me that's love that's love one more time Jesus went Jesus went to Calvary to, Calvary, to save a wretch like you and me like you and that's me. love here in the sanctuary and uh, I gotta admit sometimes you just need some family around you and I'm looking forward to the day when we can all come back together again but I'm so grateful for these men and, and women of God just being here I tell you this is the first time in a year that I've had somebody standing up here with me I got three deacons back there in the back too. Y'all can't see them. But I'm just grateful that we're here together in this spot at this time to share the Lord's Supper. Because I tell you, it's like when you were a kid. If, you were, if you're going to get in trouble, it's best to have somebody to get in trouble with. <laughs> get your elements together and let's get ready to partake. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gave thanks. He broke the bread, blessed it, gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks for the cup and gave it to his disciples and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for the remission for the payment of sins. Now take and drink all of it. 
and we thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank you for worshiping with us today virtually. Certainly we give thanks for Ms. Valerie and for the praise team, for the musicians, for the Mountain Media crew, for all who serve to make this happen. Like I said, I am looking forward to us coming back together. I'm pushing. I got to tell you, I'm pushing. I praise God that the numbers are headed in the right direction. We will follow the lead of his spirit and the day will come when we'll come back together to worship in spirit and in truth. Stay on the live stream. The announcer's got some words for you. But in the meantime, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together. Amen. God bless you. That's love. That's love. That's love. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.